Welcome to this episode of Stacks and Stories, the podcast of the Mississippi Library Commission. 2023 is almost here. Join Tracy and Shelley as they discuss their favorite books and a few they did not even finish in 2022. They will also discuss a few of their reading goals for 2023. We hope you enjoy this look back at reading during 2022 on this episode of Stacks and Stories. All right, welcome back to another episode of Stacks and Stories. I'm here with Tracy Carr, and we are here to talk about our 2022 reading wrap-up. Tracy, how was your year? You know, my year was okay. This was not the most, like, stellar, um, I really knocked it out of the park. I really stretched myself and read a lot of things. It wasn't like an amazing year for you. No, it was not an amazing reading year. I read some really good things, Mm -hmm. but there, it was not like, there have been years where I'm like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe how many awesome books came along. A a good year doesn't have to mean that you read a lot of books. A good year could be that you read some really amazing books. Well, that's what I mean. Like yeah. I um I neither read a huge amount okay. nor did I read many that I really really loved. I mean, there there were some good ones. I know you did read one book that at one point this year you said you thought was the best book you've ever read. Oh, no, absolutely. There there is a book that I'm just saying like, yes, I read one book that I really really mm-hmm. loved. Um, but uh, in, but you're saying overall, in general, there, it there wasn't like a, a big standout. Exactly, year. it was fine. Um, it was I fine. think I would probably say the same. It wasn't a bad year of reading, but it wasn't like a standout year for me. Some years I'm just on it. You know, yeah. I go book to book to book to book, and I'm taking big chunks of time in the evenings to just look at TikTok right now, and that is really taking up a I know lot you of my like reading. TikTok. <laughs> I, I sent know, you a TikTok earlier you today. Did, which was ve- actually very, very helpful for me. Thank you. That You're was welcome. actually what I needed to see. I had several points in the year where I had some reading lulls. Um, and like not just once, but several times. Um, and that does happen to me like sometimes, but not usually as much as it did this year. Mm-hmm. So... I'm wondering if we are being really impacted by social media, if it's really yeah, having an it, influence on us. There, there is something afoot, um, but if if I will just like start a book, and there's a there's a moment usually around page seventy five. I'm I'm gonna read the whole thing, and I'm gonna do it in the next like two days. Uh-huh. But sometimes getting me to the seventy five page uh-huh. mark takes a minute um so with that extended introduction tell me (laughs) tell me about some of the best books you read this year well I'm gonna go with my favorite book that I read this year um and I read it um probably about um, a month ago I think so I know that actually would probably seem like well maybe it's not your favorite because you just recently read it but no I really do think it's it's my favorite book of the year and it is called now is not the time to panic by Kevin Wilson I I know you like Kevin Wilson um I've only read two of his books including this one Mm -hmm. I read um nothing to see here and this one um one of my goals for next year is to read his other two books. Mm-hmm. I've read one of the others. Um, Perfect Little World. Yeah, I read Perfect Little World. Oh, and The Family Fang. I have not read The yes. Family Fang. I am a. I. You know what? I guess I'm a big you, Kevin Wilson fan. Okay, then you might you might like this. No, book. I will. I. I mean, um, I'm going to read it. Well, sure. it is sort of has a YA slant to it. Um, it is a story of uh, Frankie and Zeke. Frankie is um, a girl, and they are they're they're 16-ish, and it starts off in the summer in the in the 90s. Ooh. So yeah, I know I like that, and they are bored. Zeke is new to town, and they decide to create a poster that they're going to put around town, and um, the poster becomes a phenomenon um 
not something they had planned. And actually it becomes nationwide. Mm. Um, And people actually read into what is said on the poster. And bad things happen because of the poster. Okay. Um, I think if I tell you what is written on the poster, I don't think that's going to give it away. Don't tell me. Okay, I won't. I won't. Um, But anyway, so what's written on the poster is taken the wrong way. Some bad things happen. It becomes this, uh, it it actually becomes replicated in other parts of the world. Hmm. Um, So, yeah, it's this big, big deal. So then there's a part of the book where they grow up then and they go their separate ways. And then you get to experience what it's like to have that part of your life when you're an adult, but you have this craving for that um, time of your life when you were young and you had that passion. Mm -hmm. And that's what it was like when they made this poster. Um, So I really connected to this book because, you know, as an older person, I um, sometimes, you know, I miss having that young passion that I don't have so much anymore. Um, I listened to the audio version of this book, and it's narrated by Jennifer Goodwin, who's who's an actress. Mm -hmm. Um, And she does an amazing, amazing job. But at the end of the book, the author comes on, and he explains how long he's been writing the book or trying to write the book. Because actually... The phrase that's written on the poster is something that is very personal to him, and he explains why. And I won't, I won't share what that what that is. Mm-hmm. I won't spoil it. And he also shares that he has Tourette's, and that he has been. He says that phrase to himself a lot, hmm. and it's like a compelling phrase that he can't stop saying to yeah. himself. Um, so, and I believe he said that part of that phrase is in his book, The Family Fang. Really? Yes. Well, I think not telling us what the phrase is, at my request, it will entice people. I have people. it written here. I, I, I you know, when you're too say, far away for me to re- okay. read it upside down. Um, it, I'm very intrigued. Um, I, I mean, I'm going to go find this book today. It's very, very good. I, um, I listened to it. I think in a span of like uh, two and a half days. And it's not a terribly long book, but um, it has that coming of age component mm-hmm. as well as um, the yearning to find yourself again as an, as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was my favorite book of the year, I'm going to say. I am excited. That sounds good. Yeah. Sounds really good. What about you? What was your favorite book? I have a list, and I've already spoken at length. If you go back and listen to the Reading Goals catch-up for 2022, it was a July episode, you'll hear, like, what felt like a 30-minute speech Mm, about... I feel like I remember. Yeah. I I honestly think I was in a fugue state. I, like, dissociated. (laughs) I left the earth. And and then I came back, and I was still talking. It's because you were so passionate. Okay, so the book is Great Circle by Maggie Shipstead. I'm not going to go into it again. I loved it. it. It's what I want a book to be. Um, It was long... Um, so long multi-generational um and what i i mean i will i didn't love the the modern um because it, it is told you know two major stories i didn't love the modern one but i understood why it was there um but almost every single detail uh about everything like you're, you're on a tangent about some guy named larry well Hold on, because 300 pages later, Larry is going to be important. And I just don't have enough good things to say about it. So you also read this book, finally. I I did. Um, It was your 
monologue on the book that made made me want to read my fugue state it was that that made me want to read it um so i did i read it on my kindle um and so i I have it on my list here to talk about because it was one of my favorite Mm -hmm. books of the year um i would not have picked up that book if it had not been for you and um I, so I read it, like I said, on, on my Kindle, and it was a very long book. And I remember as I was reading it, I kept telling you, oh, my God, I'm only at, like, 28%. 28%. I've been reading it for, you know, six hours. And you're like, I know, just stick with it. Just stick with it. And then you throw out a detail and, like, well, what about this? I'm like, no, it'll be important later. I was so I frustrated I because promise. things would cease. They would seem so random. And you'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, just just keep going. Just keep going. You were very encouraging. But the whole time I was reading it, I loved it. Oh, it was fascinating. Like you, I did not like the um, modern story. Mm-hmm. I really liked the, the Marian, uh, yeah, Marian Graves, the the story that was in the past. Yes. That the um, actual story, the real story. Right. I mean, it's not a real story, but the meat of the of the novel. I wonder why she decided to do the second story. I don't know because while. It does come full circle. Um, <laughs> it wasn't really necessary to have that right. modern story. Right. I think it's just because it's so popular nowadays to have the alternating um, um, it, tale. It almost um, felt like it was like her editor's choice. Yeah, or like it's yeah. just real popular to have two dual storylines so you really need to have right. that and like all the stuff about hollywood and the, it was it, so unnecessary it, it was it just, not yeah. necessary maybe it, they could have just she could have just had her had that modern person uh less often or or introduced her at the end and then i, I didn't need her at all yeah she could have been i, I, I understand why whole, she was there for the, the I coming do, together it but, does come together but I think I would have enjoyed it more if that storyline had not been there. Yeah. Um, at the end of the book, I just about, it, it just killed me. It was so good. It was so good. And it all comes together. It does. Um, so I loved it. I loved it. And I, oh, one thing I wanted to say about it is, so I read it on my Kindle. And so as, Okay, it took me a long time to read. It took me like two months to read because I kept getting sidetracked by other books. No, it took you longer. You did took, it take me long because it, you took it to ALA. Oh, that's right. In okay. June. Okay, it took me like four months to read. Okay, <laughs> I mean you weren't uh, just like yeah. I was reading know. other books. Right. Um. So as I was taking forever to read it, I was thinking, well, maybe if I listen to it on audio, I can get through it. So I tried to listen to it on audio. Mm-hmm. Um. And I'm an audiobook person. And I tried one time, and I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't take the narrator. I was like, nope, this is not, this is not my Mary and Graves. I can't, nope, not gonna do it. I will say the books. I don't like a book, uh, an audio book, if it is, um, if there's not a lot of like literal action happening. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. if it's more like introspective, which this one is, you know, yeah. and it's more about character development. Yeah. Those kind of books. I feel like you miss. You miss stuff. Yeah, yeah. But um, so I need uh, things to happen mm-hmm. instead. Um, I feel it, like that translates on, better yes. in an audio book. Right. And you're because right. I might need to linger. You know how yeah. you like to uh, pause, pause, look, look out, out the window. <laughs> yeah. And this is one of those books yeah. where I hate to admit. I did find myself doing that. I know. Sometimes a book moves you to think deep thoughts while looking out the window wistfully. I did, and I enjoyed it. And um, I hate to say that I did, but I did. Um, Anyway, I loved it. I think I would have really enjoyed it even more if I hadn't taken so long to read it. Yeah. But it was great, and I'm glad that you talked about it. I'm so glad that my 30-minute TED Talk... (laughs) Uh, did something um, for you yeah so anyway that's well speaking of audiobooks I read an audiobook listened to an audiobook that usually this is how it goes um I, I'm listening to it and then it, uh, at a certain point I got to get the print version mm-hmm. and finish it that way yeah. 
Um, but Miss Benson's Beetle, um, and I did not write down the author's name. Sorry, Rachel. Somebody. Uh, Rachel. Uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll Google it in a second. Um, uh, all I wrote in my notes were British ladies go on an adventure, and that's really the the. the the theme of stuff I, I read this year, like just so many British ladies doing but things. But I know that's what you like. It is what I like. I just, I didn't push myself very far in my reading choices. Um, but I read, I listened to most of it um, as an audiobook. And then I did read the last couple of chapters. And honestly, the audiobook makes it. There, it's about these two women. Um, one has this dream to go find this special beetle, which now I've, I think I, we talked about this in another podcast. I don't. It's actually now. a real beetle, is it not? It is. I don't. Think is it, it is. not? Okay. I but anyway, whatever this beetle is, this woman has this. It's like a golden beetle. Yes. Uh, yeah. This childhood dream to find this beetle, and then she has to hire, um, a, and the. Not an accomplice. What word am I looking for? Uh, like an expert to go with her? Not an expert. Just a, someone. Uh, to uh, accompany her? Yes. What's that word called? A companion, okay. basically. And, um, oh, they don't get along at first and blah, blah, blah. And then it's just the it ends up being a really sweet friendship and with an ending I did not expect. Um, but I just I just really love Miss Benson's Beetle. Um it's just kind of a sweet book about, you know, British ladies. Oh, I think it's it's also a book that I read. I think I read it last year. I read the print version. I wish I'd listened to the audio, but I listen, didn't. Enid's voice I is bet amazing because her her character is so out there, just very over the top, and her the the. Uh, the narrator gives her kind of a Cockney accent. Uh-huh. I bet that's and it fun. Is, you'll have to just fi- listen to five seconds of yeah. it to like listen to Enid talk. Um, it, was, um, it was great. I cried when I read the book. I, did too. I mean, it. I mean, but the thing is, it's funny. It's heartwarming. You learn about it's Beatles. Indi- you you learn. Yeah. I mean, it really has everything that I love. Right. And it's not very long. I thought it was kind of long. Oh, I didn't think it was. Hmm. But it has a beautiful red cover. It does have a nice cover. I, um, I remember after I read it, I posted something about it on my Instagram, and the author responded. And oh, we had nice. a little back and forth. It's just very short yeah. exchange. And, oh, it's just, it's one of my, like, all-time favorite books. Well, that's great. Yeah. See, so so it was a good year in reading. It just wasn't, like, you know, didn't knock me out. Yeah, yeah. What else is on your list? Well, um, okay, so I had a book, an audio book, that um, kind of was, it was hard for me. It was, it was weird. It's called Meredith Alone by Claire Alexander. And it was one that I... Um, I started listening to, and it's a, it's about a woman that um, Meredith, and she lives in her house, and she works from home, and she likes to cook and bake and do jigsaw puzzles. What? I know. She has a cat named Fred, and um, she has an online support group with other people that have various issues. Just. Um, you know, just, they just like to chat about their problems. Mm-hmm. And she has some friends who come to visit her, but she hasn't left her house for like 600 days. Uh, but you don't know why, uh, at, at the very beginning mm-hmm. and for a long time. She has a very verbally abusive mother that she talks about and, um, they're on the phone a lot. And then, it also has a lot of chapters that alternate to the past, so you learn about how she grew up. And I don't know what it was, but I kept stopping the book and being like, you know, I just don't want to read. I don't want to listen to this anymore. It just, it was not disturbing to me. Like, I wasn't, it wasn't like triggering or anything like that. I just, I thought, oh, this is very depressing. I think I'm going to read something else. So I would try to read something else, but then I kept thinking, I wonder what Meredith's doing or how she's doing, like she was a person. And then I would, I kept going back to her, and that happened like two or three times. So I eventually finished the book because 
I couldn't stop wondering what Meredith was up to and how she ended up. And everything ends up well. That's not, I mean, I guess that's a spoiler, but you find out why she ended up like she was. And um, it was very emotional and heartwarming, but it's also a very humorous book, has a lot of witty humor to it. But it's just been a long time since I had a book that I thought I didn't like, and I tried to quit, and I couldn't quit it. You know? Yeah, I do. I I had very just complex feelings about it. That's interesting. I I bet the author would actually love to hear you say that. Well, maybe I'll contact the author. Maybe Maybe I'll see if she's on the old Instagram. Yeah, just uh, the complicated feelings about a book. I think there's probably no better compliment I bet that instead is, yeah. of just like I loved it yeah because or like it made me feel a lot of different things it did it did yeah. and I can't I don't know why I felt the way I felt mm-hmm. um because I didn't have the how relationship old, how that, old is Meredith she's in her like um early 30s oh, okay so <laughs> Let's say, I'm not is she our age she's not <laughs> my like she's not my age I didn't have the relationship she had with her mother like I don't have I do like jigsaw puzzles. I don't have a cat. I mean, I don't have a lot in common with her, Mm -hmm. but it was just a hard book for me. But I, I couldn't, I couldn't give it up. (laughs) Um, Again, I think, and I really, really liked it. So there you go, Meredith Alone by Claire Alexander. Um, I. While you were talking, I Googled, and Miss Benson's Beetle is written by Rachel Joyce. That's so it. Rachel uh, Joyce. I just didn't want her to be like, oh, you know, Rachel, who writes, yeah. he wrote that well, book. Well, I feel bad because I, you know, corresponded with well, her okay. on the gram. I, I, it's, I think it's okay. Um, when I was making the list of the best books I read, um, I, I read plenty of books, and including, I'm just going to throw one in. I'm, I'm not really going to talk about it, but. There are these two books about uh, they're little tiny. You know, I love a tiny book. Love a tiny book. Um, an elderly lady must not be crossed, and an el- an elderly lady is up to no good. Um, I don't remember the author's name. Um, they're Swedish books. They're translated into English, and they're they're about an old lady who kills people. Listen, she always has a good reason, um, and she's like ninety years old. Um, anyway, they, they were, I read them back to back. When you're talking little, you're talking like little in like length or little in like just like the size of it's the book itself. It's probably like, um, five inches tall and three inches wide. So the font is very teeny tiny. It's not super teeny tiny. Okay. Like it's, it's a, they're both series of, um, of short stories. Oh, okay. Um, but anyway. I just wanted to throw that in because I, like I an enjoy... old lady that has that's feisty, right? That is um, yes. I don't know doing justice. She, yeah. Some of them are a little like, mm, did you have to? But you know, okay. Gotcha. <clears throat> she, but she has her reasons. Yeah, it's not like indiscriminate mm-hmm. murder spree. Yeah, not just going um, out on the sidewalk there. Yeah, just like yeah. you know. Um, and didn't your cat really like these books? Uh, Are my these cat the ones did. That cat, yes, cat? on Instagram, I yeah. had a picture of my cat with these two books yeah. um, and pretended that he was recommending them. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's great. Because that's, that's kind of what I like I to like, do. I like it. I like it. So, it really, my brain was like, oh, little books. And this was really the introduction to this little book that is um, one of my favorites. Not just because it was good, but because I haven't stopped thinking about it since I read it. Um, and it's actually a short story that was published as a book. So it is very okay. short. Okay. And it's called Recitative. That is hard to say. It is. I had to uh, look it up online how to yeah. say it. It's uh, the French version of, you know, I guess you would say recitative uh, in okay. English or whatever. But it's a musical term um, that it's... Uh, I think, anyway, uh, something like it describes um, something that's between a song and ordinary speech. Mm-hmm. Okay, whatever. Between a song and or okay, so, so it's like about, kind of being sing-songy in your speech. I guess so. Okay, um, like like in a um, 
in a musical, not the real song, but mm-hmm. so, sometimes they just what kind are of you say doing words. Today? Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's by Toni Morrison. This oh. is this is the only short story she ever published. And I think I read it's the only short story she ever wrote, but I I don't know if I believe that because okay. how would you how would you know? Yeah, because she may have written lots of short and stories just and just ripped them up, put them in a crawl space somewhere. Right. No one's ever found them. Okay, so this um, this story has five pieces to it, and it's about um, these two girls named Twyla and Roberta who meet in a group home. They're eight years old. And they're not orphans. Their mothers are alive. One of their mothers is very sick. And one of their mothers likes to dance all night. So one of them is white and one of them is black. But the reader does not know which is which. We never know. Oh, I like that. And so uh, what Toni Morrison said about this is that it's a story... uh, it's the removal of all racial codes from a narrative about two characters of different races for whom racial identity is crucial. So what happens as you read this? And you can't help but try to figure out um, which one is white and which one is black. All of your assumptions and biases come to the surface. Because when you start to think, oh, this one ended up rich. She must be the white. Oh, why did I assume that? Every that every assumption you make, you you also you you realize that's what your assumptions are, and then you have to question yourself. Why did I assume that? Hmm. So uh, you they meet as girls. Um, they meet again later when uh, Twyla is working at a restaurant and Roberta is on her way to. Like, go hang out with Jimi Hendrix or something. Um, as one does. As one does. Um, she was with these two guys, and I, I don't know. They had an appointment with Jimi Hendrix. Okay. Know. We'll discover that. Then they meet again, and um, Roberta is very rich, and Twyla's middle class. And then they meet again. And this this is the one that I was like, okay, I'm going to figure it out now. Roberta is picketing the forced integration of a school. And Twyla joins the counter-protesters. So you're like, okay, um, Roberta must be the white one, right? Because she is saying, no, don't integrate the school. But Not what, necessarily, But though. what she says is, um, why are you going to take my boys and, and send them across town? So you don't... Cause it I, could go... Yeah, could the go argument could go either way. Yes. Oh, this, I'm writing this down... I might read this for next year. Yeah. Um, it, well, it's, it's just a short story, so it doesn't That's take okay. uh, very long like to read. I like that even better. Um, but it's really, really fascinating. Like, um, not just like not just that there's a puzzle that you, you won't ever figure yeah. out. She, like, yeah. She's brilliant. It's, not, right? it's never, like, right. revealed. It's never revealed. Um, it's never going to be revealed. The point is that, is, I think, anyway, to to show you all the codes that you have ingrained in your head mm-hmm. about who who is what kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, this person's wearing a fur oh, coat goodness. or this person has a mother who uh, is on drugs or what, like whatever. Whatever it is. It's really just to help you learn about your own biases. Yes. Oh, I like that It's so really much. fascinating. It's really fascinating. When, did, uh, when was this book published? I don't know. Oh, okay. I'm just... I don't know why that matters. I just thought that would no, interesting. I have no clue. But while you're talking next, I'll look it okay. up. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, my my last book that I want to talk about that made kind of an impact on me this year, um, I talked about in another podcast. But it was one that this year I did talk about focusing on quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. Um and I talked about not making, not focusing on my Goodreads goal so much, which I did do a pretty good job of. Um, I will say that I have not met my Goodreads goal, and I don't care. Um, so that, I think that's kind of meeting my goal, that I don't care that I met, 
mm-hmm. that I didn't meet my goal, and I don't care that I met, didn't meet my goal. Right. So the um, book that I don't think I'll forget for a long, long time, if I ever do, is um, Scarecrow Has a Gun yes. by Michael Paul Kozlowski. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Um because when we talked about it, so it's a book about a man that gets this box, and in this black box, he can actually see me- his memories. Mm-hmm. But the memories do not look like what he remembered them to be like. Oh, right. Remember? Yes. And when we talked about it before, um, you had said, Tracy, that when we remember an event every time mm-hmm. we have that memory, of we, remembering we of yeah yes. we, it, you it add changes. in the factors when yes. you were remembering it and ever since i read this book and we had that conversation it has changed the way i think about my memories um and not for the bad but just i'm not so hard on myself mm-hmm. about maybe some of the bad memories in my life because i'm like well maybe they weren't so bad you know, maybe I'm adding things to it. I don't know. I'm just, I'm kind of more kinder to myself and yeah. some of my not-so-great memories. Um, yeah, there's there's probably way more to everything yes. um, yeah. than what we remember. Yeah. And uh, I've had this sensation so many times, like there's, I, there's a dumb story um, in college where my uh, my roommate was walking and she she tripped on this tree stump and she grabbed onto this uh, backpack in front of her and this this person was walking and she grabs onto the backpack yeah and the person is like being like forced yeah. backwards right and Heidi uh, regains her her footing yeah. And the person never turns around to see what force was dragging him towards death. And anyway, I wasn't there. But in my mind, I, I can see it. I actually had to ask her, like, was I there that day? She was like, no, no, I told you about it. It's my story because I've told it so many times. Mm-hmm. And I know exactly what tree stump it was. It was like like a, she was cutting through a, uh, an, an intersect. Anyway. Is it because you know so many details about it and because you've... I heard it. I loved it. I I could imagine it. It's and my your story. brain has turned I can't, into I, your I can't, yeah. memory. I don't... Actually, I just said, yeah, I asked her. She wouldn't remember. She's always having to ask me, like, what was the name of that guy I went on a date with? She doesn't remember anything. Hmm. So, but... That is interesting. It's interesting. There's... I have a lot of stories like that that I've told or, like, uh-huh. someone told me. And then I'm like, I don't remember if this is my story or not. Was I there... Who cares? Yeah, it's mine now. I my, do. I do think it's hilarious it that you know, if someone was pulling on my backpack, trying to pull me Why to would the you ground, not turn he just kept walking. He was like, "I don't know what's going on back there, uh, but I'm not. I don't want any part of it." I think I would turn around. I think that was a really long tangent to get no, back to the I fact that but memory now, is the, weird. The point is, the human brain is wacko, and reading this book even though the book it was an okay book but the implications Mm -hmm. of what I've read about memory has stayed with me yes and also when I had to re-remember that in the Wizard of Oz the scarecrow does indeed hold a gun at one point and no one remembers that right and I didn't know till we talked about it but it is a strange thing that the scarecrow is holding like a pistol at one point. Mm-hmm. It's very weird. So, um, yeah, that's my other. Book. That also reminds me. Um, I've been listening. I don't. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, but I've been listening to this one called Dead Eyes. Dead. Dead Eyes. Eyes. It's about um, the narrator of the thing. His name is Connor Ratliff, and he was cast at, for this very small role in one episode of Band of Brothers. 20 oh, years I ago. I loved Brand, Band of Brothers. Well, that was so good. he was fired by Tom Hanks because he said he had dead eyes. And it. But in that show, it seems like you would, dead eyes might well, be good. He was supposed to be alive at oh, the time. Okay. <laughs> he was not cast as a, an extra on the battlefield. And it sort of upended his life for a while. Um, and anyway, so it's 20 years later. He has, you know, you've. Uh, he's been in a lot of things and you've probably seen him on things 
But the podcast is about, you know, trying to find out why he said he had dead eyes. And, but it's also about um, memory because, of course, he's relying on this 20-year-old memory that he's replayed over and over and over yeah. in his head, right? Um, and it's about disappointment. Mm-hmm. Um, so he'll have, uh, like, he was in a play when he was in high school, um, and all the other people in the play were in college, and he played opposite John Hamm. Um, wow. So he has John Hamm on. And then they talk uh-huh. about blah, 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 and, like, have you ever been fired from a job, John Hamm? Um and anyway, but they talk, there's one episode in particular where they talk about this sensation of when you remember, you're not remembering. You're remembering the last time you remembered mm-hmm. and you add in Every time elements it's going of that. to change. I'm going to check it out. So um, it's, it's pretty good. There's a, the episode I'm on now is, um, I wonder Seth if Tom Rogen. Hanks really did say he had dead eyes or if he said something to the effect of that. Well, apparently you're not. It is very unusual for you to hear that critique. Mm-hmm. So whoever told him, um, may, maybe they were new to the world yeah. of casting because you're not supposed to know why they don't like you. Yeah, <laughs> you're just supposed to hear something like you weren't right for the part right. or we went another way. Right. And his dad's... I. Uh, theory is like well when i watched the episode the guy they cast was really short you were just too tall mm. you know what and that could be it yeah so he's hearing also from people who do casting we're like yeah sometimes it's not about like how good you are it's just yeah. like uh it and, could be something just yeah that you cannot change and, about yeah, yourself exactly like seth rogan was like you could be the best screwdriver in the world but maybe they just need a hammer Maybe huh. they don't even need yeah. a tool at all. Maybe yeah. they just need some, you know, a rabbit or something. Mm-hmm. I just made that up. He didn't say yeah. that. He said this okay. thing about the screw, <laughs> screwdriver. But then I, I like the screwdriver. And then I just riffed on it. Okay. But. That's good. That's good riffing. So what about books you didn't finish? Okay. I have a lot to say about this. Okay, good. Because there are a lot of books this year I did not finish. Um, I did not finish more books than I read. Like, oh, wow. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I started more books and did not finish them than books that I started and finished. And tell me how many books you read. Uh, I read 70, 70 books. Okay, so year. more than 70 books yes. you tried to read and yes. did not finish. Um, and actually, it's one of my goals for next year. I'll talk about I guess mm-hmm. I'll talk about that in a little bit here. But you can melt okay. it in. Well, I, I have care. a goal to stop. DNFing, it's just what we call do not finish, DNFing books so quickly because I think I have gone to the other side of the pendulum, which, you know, I'm always like... Off with your head. I'm always like, you know, if you don't like a book, you know, you should stop it and you should go to another one. Mm -hmm. Life's too short. But I think I am like, oh, I don't like that word. I'm going to something else. I need to be a little more... um, forgiving and give books a little more time Hmm. so it's a good goal I don't have like the entire list of books that I have DNF'd because it is so (laughs) large um but we don't even have time to go over 70 plus but I will tell you that this year um my reading taste did change because I used to really like like thrillers and mm-hmm. mysteries and you know that right. like I used to love psychological fiction I hope you still love them somewhat because you're doing a reader's advisory uh, webinar I uh, do <laughs> like them still I don't dislike them okay. but it used to be maybe like the only not the only thing I liked but like for the most part what I really gravitated towards mm-hmm. but now like this year I did not read near as many and I DNF'd a lot of hmm. them. So many that I can't even remember. Do you think that went along with your goal of quality over yes. quantity? Yes, yes, very much so. And there's nothing wrong with mysteries, thrillers, psychological fiction. But um, a lot of times the stories are a little more simplistic. Not always, mm-hmm. but a lot of times they are. Um, so... If I didn't feel engaged to the story or if the characters weren't well-developed right away, I would stop reading it. But again, I feel like I need to give books more time than I'm giving them. Um, So that is one of my goals for next year. But some of the books that I DNF'd, um, 
this year. I did, I don't typically like John Grisham, but I did try to read The Boys from Biloxi. Mm. And I did give it, I was listening to the audio version, I did give it like an hour and a half, and then I cut that. Um, I did try to read French Braid by Ann Tyler. I checked it out. You did, and, and I, I like, as as I I like Ann Tyler. But it just didn't didn't do anything for me. Um, and this is something that people will probably be like, oh, my gosh, blasphemy. But um, I did not lie. I didn't finish this or even get very far into it. Carrie Soto is Back by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That book, I could not, I could not get into that whatsoever. And then one of your favorites, oh goody, Mrs. March by oh, Virginia yes. Fito, I think. Oh, so that book is rough. Okay, so you did finish. I Mrs. did finish March. it because I was like, I there, there is this book is so ridiculous, mm-hmm. and I do not understand what's happening. That I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I did, I followed through till the end. I wanted to finish it yeah. because I wanted to read this ridiculous book right and i remember as i was reading it like for a while we're not for a while for a little bit for a couple chapters i was like well it's kind of interesting i remember i texted you and i said well it's kind of neat it's not so bad and you were like (laughs) just (laughs) sinister laugh you just keep reading it yeah and um yeah it gets old really quickly Mm -hmm. yeah it's um i couldn't stick with it no it's uh it's it reads sort of like a screenplay. I, it, I thought. I, I can't wait for the TV show. Yeah, to, I think it'll be. I think it it'll is. be a great mini series or whatever yeah. it's going to be. But it is wackadoo. It's wackadoo. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. I could. I look forward to because um, in a visual format. You can't do this like meander around no. and just be bonkers thing. No. You have to have a. Uh, Mrs. March is blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Like you have to have a, like a whatever she is or whatever she does. You have to know from the beginning kind of what the show is going to be. You can't have this weird. Also, like are the things that are happening only in her head? Are they really happening? Uh, did she really and do like, whatever she and did? You said before when we talked about this, and I think we've talked about this book several times now, but you don't really know what year this is what decade this is i believe it's in new york i'm pretty sure like paris because she goes to a boulangerie or whatever to get her macarons and Um, so i was like well everything uh, is very ambiguous it really is um i just couldn't stick with it but i did try i did so yeah we thought about um do was it oh Oh, thanks. Well, I hate it. Yeah, we thought about doing a podcast where the other would read the book that the other person hated. Yeah, to see um, if yeah, um, to see if the other person liked it. Right. So, Mrs. March was going to be that first yeah. book, but I couldn't do it. I couldn't read it. I couldn't. And it's really unusual like, for me to even finish a book that uh, is is that confounding. Yeah. And not confounding well, in a good way, like the Toni Morrison story, which, by the way, was published in 1983. Oh, okay. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you. I don't know why that even matters. I just... I, 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 I curiosity. Just, I just was thinking, I don't know. Um, so anyway, those are just some of the titles of books that I did not finish, but there's a slew of them. I, um, I lost track or lost all hope um in in the first like two pages of so many books um and it's not so it's not that book these I'll never read them it's just sometimes the vibe of a book just isn't what I'm looking for at at the time time, yeah um like tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow I have only heard wonderful things it is wonderful but you have to be in the right frame of mind for that book and I wasn't Yeah. yeah Um, the Candy House by Jennifer Egan. Oh yeah, I, you were really looking forward. I was because I loved a but, visit from the Goon Squad, and I, I, you know what? I was just like, I am not in the mood for this kind of yeah. book right now. So maybe at another time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, books that like I know I'll never ever read. I just pretend they never existed. But I, you know, I've moved these to the like we'll read one day mm-hmm. pile. Um, so what are you looking forward to in 
next year? Or what are did well, you, you said your one goal? Of, okay. Well, uh, I do have one author that I do want to read their other books, and that is Kevin Wilson. Mm-hmm. I do want to read his other two books because um, the books that I have read from him have just delighted my heart. So um, I want to read his first two books. Um, I'm going to set a reading goal on Goodreads of 50 books, and I'm not going to change it. I'm not I think that's great. because this year I did read. I set the goal at 50, and then I moved it up to 75. I don't know why, because I'm weirdo like that. Um, so that's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put it at 50, and then not care. Um, and then I also, like I said, I want to give books a little more time mm-hmm. before give I give them a chance to before I drop them. Yeah. Um, but sometimes you just know when a book is going to, it's horrible. Absolutely. And I will drop those books. Yes. I'm, I am not a person to waste my time. I, so I, um, those books that I know in my heart are just bad for me, I will drop them. Um, and then the last thing, and you sort of talked about this, is um, I want to read more at night like I used to do. Like I used to always read before I went to bed at night. And, um, well, I read in bed before mm-hmm. I go to sleep. And I still do it a little bit. But a lot of times that dang social media gets me. Yep. And I end up being, you know, entranced by social media um, instead of reading. Yes. And I need, and I want, I don't need to, I want to somehow not do so much social media and I want to read instead. I think that's a great goal. And I'm going to co-op to your, your <laughs> It's goal a very difficult it. goal. It is. Um, because that's really the time of day when I usually have free time mm-hmm. to get on social media for my own pleasure but you know sometimes I my I'm too tired to engage my brain mm-hmm. and I want to look at funny things that is exactly or, and that's yeah that's kind of like my free-for-all where I can relax my brain and go yeah. to sleep so right. it, it's not bad I'm not saying there's anything wrong with doing right. it but sometimes I fall into that rabbit hole of you know it's Instagram for me and then before I know it, and then I'm tired and then I go to sleep and then I did not do any reading so those are my goals what about you um really i just i i need to uh branch out challenge myself a little more um no more white no i'm not saying no more okay uh, little british ladies less um i'm just saying read something alongside the british ladies um i didn't even mention like three other british ladies that i really enjoyed i like white british ladies myself um I've there is a this author uh, from the um, 50s and 60s Barbara Pym it's P Y M oh her. man these books nothing happens at all it's like uh, oh I know you like those yes um, they're kind of like if Jane Austen wrote books in the 60s oh. about uh, village life that and might be oh good. the vicar is coming over mm-hmm. and. Um, what will we have for dinner? And I, anyway, I read uh, one uh, in the last week or so called Jane and Prudence. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, I, I zoomed to the library to get to, like, what else you got? I need more. Give me more. I'm I need put my it, fix. I need to put it Please. right in my veins. Um, but I can still enjoy my white British ladies yeah. of yore. Um, I just don't <laughs> need to exclusively read them. So... Um, some books I have on my list, um, The Trees by Percival Everett. Um, I have it actually here in front of me. I see that. I, I would like to read a the first sentence on the back of the book. Okay. Uh, when a pair of detectives from the Mississippi Bureau of Investigation arrive in Money, Mississippi to investigate a series of brutal murders, they find at each crime scene an unexpected second dead body, that of a man who resembles Emmett Till. Ooh. So... Um, this is, a kind of a, you know, thriller-esque, I mean, it's a literary yeah. fiction kind mm-hmm. of book, but anyway, I'm looking forward to this. It will probably make me nervous. I was um, going to say that that's out of your comfort zone. It is. Yeah. But the Mississippiness of it, yeah, that, um, it intrigues me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
this is an he's not a British white lady, but I'm gonna read Crossroads by Jonathan Franzen. Um, oh. It's uh, I love when people dunk on him. Mm-hmm, they um, do a lot. They do a lot, mm-hmm. and it's always funny. Um, and if Twitter ever dies, that will be the thing. One of the things that I really miss is mm-hmm. dunking on Jonathan Franzen. Um, but it is a big, long, sweeping novel. And, mm-hmm. you know, I love those. I can't wait to hear about it. Um, and then there's a book called The Family Chow by Lan Samantha Chang um, that uh, also sounds good. And I don't remember why I put it on my list okay. now. But That's I read okay. something and I was like, ooh, okay, mm-hmm. put it on there. So fewer... Not zero mm-hmm. um, white British ladies, um, more diverse, more ch- challenge myself to read things that uh, I don't usually read, whether that is, um, you know, a thriller or I read I've read two Westerns in my whole life. And you know what? I love them both. Yeah, I remember you've talked about that. I, I love True Grit. And then um, uh, what's it called? The, was the, it a- the thing at the end of the what's it called? There's a movie with Tom Hanks. Mm, I don't. Oh, what? wait. It's the uh, At the End of the World. News of the World. Or, News News, of the world. Yes, that yes. is good. I it read is that, very too. very good. Oh, and it's such a good movie, too. So, yeah. yeah. So whether it's, good. you know, it's a it's a different genre or if mm-hmm. it's a different kind of author, whatever. Mm-hmm. Just going to, you know, be challenged. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm sure we'll do a mid-year um you know, catch up and see yeah, how sure. we're doing. Mm-hmm. And we'll probably be doing something totally different, you know, not doing any of these goals. No, that, that's so, usually like, what's the goal? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> that's what's usually, you know, exciting. Mm-hmm. So, all right, well, it's fun. Yeah. It's fun. So right. another year. Here okay. we go. Yeah. All right. Well, we will be chatting with you all later. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Stacks of Stories, the podcast of the Mississippi Library Commission. We hope you will tune in next time, and we encourage you to visit your local public library often.